You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The time has come for America to hear the truth. We are going to stand with them, and not only are we going to fight for their rights, we're going to stand up for our rights here in our state, in our homes, and in our communities. States of America is not going to be decided in the courts. It's not going to be decided in Congress. It's not going to be decided on talk radio, and it sure is not going to be decided on Fox News. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever for the union makes us strong. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host and fellow agitator, David Story. It is Saturday, August 15th, 2020, and we're broadcasting live online and on the radio on WVNN in the Huntsville, Decatur, Athens listening area from Athens, Alabama. A recording of the program will play tomorrow, Sunday, August 16th, 2020 on the great WGOL in Russellville, Alabama. Today, we're talking to Zach Hyden, an anarchist in Montgomery, about his work starting the Automotive Free Clinic. We'll be talking about the use and abuse of people for narratives, the post office, draining the swamp, taking your calls, and more on today's Valley Labor Report. So thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate your time. If you want to see what we're up to throughout the week and get our snide quips about the news of the day, then you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Report. We're on Twitter at Labor Reporters. I'm on Twitter at Jacob M underscore AL. David is on Twitter at Radical Unionist. And if you missed part of the show and want to go back and watch it later, you can search YouTube for The Valley Labor Report and subscribe to our channel. You can go back and watch the full show there, and we also clip segments and release it throughout the week. And we also upload the program on more than 11 different podcasting apps, so you can see if we are on your listening platform of choice, you can go to the thevalleylaborreport.transistor.fm slash subscribe. And of course, if you appreciate our work and want to help us stay on the air, consider throwing us a couple dollars a month on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. So, uh, like I said, we've got a really cool interview lined up today. Um, and, and I do want to say, um, my deepest apologies to people that are listening online. Um, we have misplaced our audio input thing that that, that we use to um, <laughs> that, that we use to um, push uh, audio from the radio on to the internet. So you can hear our voices. You can hear me saying this right now, but you're not going to be able to hear like bumper music, ads, or unfortunately, the people that are calling in. And so for the first, or for the next 10 minutes, y'all are going to be really confused. And I'm deeply, deeply apologize for that. But we are recording on the station's equipment and we will release the segment 
early this week. I'll try to have the segment out by Monday morning. So uh, make sure that you are following us on Facebook, you're following us on Twitter, and you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, and we will have that out uh, by Monday, this interview, uh, because it's a really good interview. I I think this is a really interesting interview. Um, Zach Hyden has a PhD in environmental science policy and management from the University of Berkeley in California. He's an anarchist, and most importantly for our show today, he is the founder of the Automotive Free Clinic in Montgomery, Alabama. I mentioned that he's an anarchist because, um, for one, he sees it as kind of you know central to the work that he's doing, but also because there's a really destructive tendency in America today, as Kim Kelly as Kim Kelly wrote in her recent op-ed titled uh, "Stop Blaming Everything Bad on Anarchists," to uh, well blame everything bad on anarchists. Um, and that's because, you know, of a, of a really deep ignorance of uh, left-wing political ideologies. Uh, anarchism is a political tradition that is steeped in insight and care for the community. Um, and whether you agree with all of its tenets or not, I know uh, that I don't. I'm not an anarchist. Um, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a philosophy to be taken seriously. As Kim Kelly notes, for every minute that you see anarchists protesting, there are untold hours spent attending meetings, uh, spent cooking and delivering food and supplies to those who need it, researching far-right groups, planning demonstrations, providing childcare and other support uh, to the community, and taking part in communally-minded projects. And it's in this vein that Zach operates. He has, if I recall from our conversation a while back, not been to a protest in years. Uh, instead, he has opted to spend his time organizing mutual aid projects in his community, uh, you know, quietly cursing the government and politicians and capitalists all along the way. Um, but that that's what he's doing right now with the Automotive Free Clinic. Uh, so, Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about your work today. Thanks for uh, jumping on the line. How y'all doing? I'm living the dream, brother. Living the dream. So, um, like I said, Zach is the founder of the Automotive Free Clinic in Montgomery. And what he's doing there is he is, uh, you know, I mean, the name kind of says it all. He is um, repairing people's cars for free. Uh, But before we get to that, can you just tell us really quickly, like, uh, you know, just spend a minute on it. Can you tell us how in the world you went from... Uh, getting a PhD from Berkeley in environmental science to doing the kind of manual technical labor that you're doing now? Well, I was an auto technician before I went to college. I didn't go to college until I was 24 years old. And I went to college, went to Auburn University for undergrad, went and got my PhD. The uh, academic market didn't really work out for me, and I didn't really fit in very well there. And uh, I was a community organizer in Birmingham for about 10 years, organizing mutual aid projects there, getting involved in politics. And uh, when I got to Montgomery, I sort of took a break from organizing and went back to uh, being an auto technician. And I worked at a local dealership here in Montgomery for about a year and a half. And so I decided to put the two together the anarchist mutual aid stuff and the auto technician stuff, and I came up with the automotive free clinic. So that's a, a short story of how I got there. Okay, so uh, and and so you got the idea for the automotive free clinic from kind of your um, your 
ideal your previous ideological commitments to um, anarchism? Yeah, well, there's a there's a, a free clinic in Berkeley called the Berkeley Free Clinic that grew out of the Black Panther movement in the '60s, and it's really cool. You know, people can just walk in and get treated for anything for free. And I sort of modeled the automotive free clinic off of the Berkeley free clinic. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a low and no cost auto repair shop. Um, we do basic repairs because I don't have a shop. Um, I do it mobile. So we do basic repairs, um, you know, starters, stuff that just keeps your car on the road. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a, a marriage between, uh, my beliefs that um, people should have the things they need to survive and uh, my technical skills as uh, an auto technician. And I am automotive service excellence certified auto technician. Um, I don't know how good of a technician I am, but I'm, I'm, uh, I pass for it. So. Right. Yeah, you're certified at least. <laughs> I'm certified at least, but, you know. There's stuff. I'm more of a journeyman technician than a master, mm. and uh, there's some stuff that is beyond my skill set. Um, but I'm learning, and I study. I study, and I try to learn as much as I can to become a better technician and just get better for the community. Yeah, but the big takeaway from that really is, regardless of how skilled you are or how skilled someone else is in the community, that. You, you're out helping the community you know you're doing you're providing a service to the community that no one else is fitting you know is filling that void uh and which there's a lot of technicians out there that are making decent money you know serving the community but you're doing it out of the kindness of your heart out of you know in the spirit of mutual aid and i think you know yeah. regardless of how how highly trained you are there's a lot of people out there that just need oil changes. There's a lot of single mothers out there, you know, that just can't do it. They don't, they don't have the technical expertise. Yeah. We did a, a, an event in June called free oil changes for single moms. And it was co-sponsored by Matco tools, Brett Smith, Matco tools here in, uh, in Montgomery and, uh, by first Christian church of Montgomery. We did it in their parking lot. And we did uh, four oil changes for single moms uh, on a Saturday. And it was really interesting because there was a single mom who brought uh, a Suburban in and had no brakes. Um, starter wasn't working. And uh, we were able to put a master cylinder and a starter on her, on her vehicle and get her something that was more reliable. And it's just really good. You know, now she can get to the – she texted me and she said – now, I can go to the grocery store now, and I don't have to worry about my starter messing up on me. So, I mean, that type of stuff is, is the stuff that we want to do. And, you know, really, I believe transportation or mobility is a human right, that people should have the right to move and the ability to move wherever they want to move, whenever they want to move, move that way. And uh, so, you know, this, this sort of plays into that and, and helps people be mobile and get the type of stuff they need to be able to survive, whether it be going to the doctor, going to the grocery store, 
you know, so on and so forth. Right, right, and and so you this is this is a fairly new project. This is a, a pandemic era creation. Um, you started this in March, and since then you have done uh, thousands of dollars worth of repairs um, for. Uh, either free or whatever uh, the person could afford. You know, if, if this is a person that, that could afford to, to pay you some to help you, you know, help recoup you for parts and stuff, then that they have done that. Um, but you mentioned earlier that you don't have a shop, and so that kind of limits the amount of repairs that you can do and stuff. But you, I, I noticed that you have a fundraiser going on right now specifically to hopefully remedy that. So, so tell us about that. Yeah, we have a um, we're launched we launched a fundraising campaign yesterday, and we're trying to raise money um, to get a brick and mortar shop so that we can do uh, more repairs and as far as quantity, and also more complex repairs. Because I can't tell you how many jobs I've had to turn down that were four four and a half hour jobs that I really don't feel comfortable doing. You know, in somebody's driveway just because I don't have access to all of my tools. Um, uh, you can, uh, you can contribute to the fundraiser by going on Facebook and looking for my name, Zach Silverman Hyden and, uh, contribute to it that way. You can look up the automotive free clinic on GoFundMe, or you can donate directly to my PayPal, which is bmadredneck at gmail.com. And uh, if you are interested in getting a tax break letter, please include your name and address. So anything that could, you could contribute that could help us get a shot would greatly Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really great. And, Zach, w- um, we wanted to talk to you some more on the other side of this break. So uh, if you've got the time, would you, would you be able to stay on the line for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic. All right, folks, we are talking to Zach Hyden, the founder of the Automotive Free Clinic in Montgomery, Alabama. This is the Valley Labor Report. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. All workers deserve fair wages, affordable health care, and a retirement plan that enables them to retire with dignity. All workers deserve to have a say about the terms and conditions of their employment, not just the bosses. With the Machinist Union's over 600,000 members having our back, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama has been serving workers' interests for over 20 years. Our members have the best health insurance in the area with zero deductible plans. We set the bar for pay in the area with over $40 an hour rates, consistently averaging the highest non-college degree jobs in North Alabama with some of the best retirement plans in the industry. We can do the same for you. Together, we remain united, raising our voices to ensure justice on the job and service in the community. The Machinist Union is a true Southern Union founded in Atlanta in 1888, 
We've been serving members' needs for 132 years. The longevity of our union proves our dedication and loyalty to the working class. The Machinist Union isn't just for machinists. We represent workers in government, health care, auto workers, aerospace workers, transportation workers, the defense industry, and woodworking. Our members even build the iconic Harley-Davidson motorcycles. If you're ready to get serious about better benefits and wages, if you want to have a voice in your workplace with over 600,000 members to back you up, call or email us today at 256-286-3704 or organize at iamaw44.org. Here in Huntsville, federal employees are an invaluable part of the nation's defense, offering unmatched expertise in engineering and technology and as stewards of taxpayer dollars. What we ask for in return is to be treated with fairness, dignity, and respect. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, is a union of working people looking out for each other, making sure that we're treated right. To inquire about joining or to learn more, call 256-876-4880. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. WVNN. Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host David Story. We are talking to Zach Hyden. He is the founder of the Automotive Free Clinic in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, And uh, to folks listening online, again, apologies. You're not going to be able to hear Zach talking. we, we forgot some equipment that's necessary to get uh, audio from the phone to the internet. But make sure that you are subscribed to our Facebook page. You're following us on Twitter. You're subscribed to our YouTube channel. And we will upload this segment with his voice so that you can hear the interview. Uh, because this is, a, this is a really cool interview. He's doing some really cool stuff down in Montgomery. Um, so, uh, uh, so when we left off, Zach, you were talking about your um, your fundraiser that you've got. So, um, can can you just talk to us a little bit more about? Uh, I, I noticed that you had you had a matching donor. Um, tell us about that. Donor, it's uh, the way we've done this fundraiser. So let me tell you a little bit about the fundraiser. Um, we have a team that we've assembled. Uh, it's a community of like-minded individuals who are organized around mutual aid, anti-racism, political disenfranchisement, economic disenfranchisement. And really it's kind of grown into something where it's a really deep loving community where we care for each other and we share our lives with each other. We started doing this at the Really, we started doing this in January when I taught the Redneck Studies class, but we started doing it in earnest at the beginning of the pandemic 
when we started doing classes where we listened to Mark's lectures and discussed them, and it, it just kind of grew into something that has a life of its own. So the people in the on our in our group in our little community are starting fundraisers on their own Facebook pages and trying to raise money. So we got a bunch of fundraisers going on. On my fundraiser, Zach Silverman Hyden on Facebook, there's a $500 match um, from a donor. So what that means is that if we get $700, that we get an extra $500 so that we'll get a grand total of $1,200, which would put us about 5% on the way to the goal. Now, the other thing that we're doing um, with this fundraiser is we're doing a panel discussion on Zoom sometime in the middle of in the middle of September, and really we're kind of targeting this at, at academics, and uh, so that's where we're trying to raise the bulk of our money. But for people who just want to contribute, you know, the Facebook fundraisers are really where you where you want to go and really if you could go to mine and contribute to that that would help us get our five hundred dollar match and uh put us you know like like i said five percent of the way to where we need to go trying to raise about twenty thousand dollars um which we figure will pay for a shop and all of the overhead for the shop for a year um the thing about fundraising is um really you need to get some grants to grants from foundations to be able to sustain what you do. But foundations are not going to fund you unless you have some track record of raising money. Right. So if we can prove that we can raise money, and we've already raised about $10,000 since March, if we can prove that we can raise money, then we have a better chance of getting foundation grants. and. A lot of times those grants are renewable and it would be consistent funding for the shop, which would mean, hey, we would get to be able to serve the community in a very profound and sustainable way. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I'd like to do in the future is hire a master technician. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would, that way we could really, I mean, we, we could just do anything. Right. You know, I could do the brakes and the oil changes and the water pumps and stuff like that, and the master technician can do all the electrical stuff and you know, change motors and stuff like that. It's really what I would what I would like to do in the future, but you know, that's a that's down the road a little bit. Right. But yeah, got to get ba- you a, basically. Yeah, got to get you a shop first. Got to get you a shop first. Okay. Yeah, got to get you a shop first. So. That's basically what we want to do is uh, raise about $20,000 and get us a shop so that we can uh, expand our operations and better serve the community. Uh, Zach, I think it's important. You touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think it's important to point out to everybody listening. Uh, if they, Like you said, if they do donate, you're a 501c nonprofit, so uh, they can write those donations off on their taxes just like donating to a church or uh, something, something in that vein. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're out there thinking this is a great idea and want to kick him a few bucks, just know that he can give you the receipt for it. And, uh, you know, you can write those, write those off on your, uh, on your taxes at the end of the year, which is probably going to be important this year. Yeah. Yeah. We are 501 C three. Uh, nonprofit, which means that we can't support political candidates or anything like that. 
We're not trying to support Democrats or Republicans, and probably most of us don't even like either one. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all we're trying to do is, is serve the community and care for each other, care for people in the community and care for each other, and that's really what our mission is. Um, you know, you talked about anarchism a little bit earlier, and, you know, what you said is correct, is that, you know, everybody has this view of anarchists as just sort of going out and smashing windows and businesses up, and some anarchists do do that. But I think the bulk of what most anarchists do is run community gardens, run community bike shops, you know, run the automotive free clinic, run free um, thrift stores, and, and just it, it really is a, a ethic of... Uh, of uh, community care and of supporting the people around you and especially the people who are most in need, who are most left behind by the structures of this society. And for us, you know, we, we believe we're, or some of us at least, are revolutionaries and we believe that care for the community is really the most revolutionary thing you can do because exactly. it's the exact opposite of what this society preaches as value. Right. And, uh, you know, we're not we're not talking about taking up arms and overthrowing the government. We're talking about, you know, being an example of what it is to actually care about people. Right. And that- uh, I think that to me, that's what my anarchism is about. And right. uh, you now I hope people understand that. Yeah. Zach, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. You've got some really good stuff going on down there. Um, if folks want to donate, they can find you on Facebook at Zach Silverman Hyden to donate to the fundraiser that has a matching donor. And um, like I said, brother, thanks so much for talking to us today. Thank y'all, man. Y'all have a nice afternoon. Yes, sir. You too. Stay tuned, folks. This is the Valley Labor Report. Huntsville's number one news, talk, and weather station. WVNN FM. WVNN FM Trinity. A cumulus station. It's 10 o'clock. SoCal burning. Right direction. I'm Christopher Cruz. Bone dry vegetation in California is fueling wildfires. And forecasters are warning that the risk of new fires erupting is very high as temperatures rise and humidity levels drop. Meteorologist Allison Chinchar says much of the western U.S. needs rain now. One of the contributing factors has been the lack of rain. It's been 21 days since Phoenix has reported rain. It's been 88 since Los Angeles has seen rain. But Las Vegas, it's been 116 days since they've had some rain. So obviously they need to see it. A huge forest fire that forced evacuations north of Los Angeles flared up yesterday afternoon. It's just 12% contained. It's now burned more than 27 square miles of brush and trees. More than 1,300 people died in the U.S. from the coronavirus yesterday. There were more than 64,000 new coronavirus cases reported. Correspondent Stephanie Elam in Los Angeles says there is some good news to report from the Golden State, however. California is the first state to surpass 600,000 cases of confirmed coronavirus. However, there are signs that things are starting to look better. For one thing, the state has been working through this backlog of cases, announcing the final batch of those cases on Friday. So overall, the state announcing nearly 8,000 cases, but of that, more than 4,400 of them were from the backlog, which means 
the majority of this group where the backlog still 3,500 or so cases is higher than what the state would like to see. But correspondent Bryn Gingras says the news is not all good. The U.S. averaging more than 1,000 deaths a day, not for one week or two, but for almost three weeks. And now the CDC forecasting by September 5th, the country may reach a death toll of nearly 189,000. Japan's Emperor Naruhito today marked the 75th anniversary of his country's surrender in World War II by expressing, quote, deep remorse for its wartime hostilities. I'm Christopher Cruz. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 6655 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 6655. Enjoy! Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org. That's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org to learn more. Public schools are critical to the success of communities and democracy. Now more than ever, our educators and school support staff are going above and beyond to support our students and families. We at the Alabama Education Association are proud to represent the hardworking employees of our public schools and colleges. Thank you for all of your love and dedication to Alabama's students. Please take care and stay safe. Hey y'all, are you tired of hearing that the South is just a bunch of racist rednecks? Or tune in to Dixieland of the Proletariat podcast. We talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Join Nelson, Senior Telecommunications Director Tommy, Comrade Kate, former pig farmer Tyler, and Brother William, wherever you stream your podcast. And good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all next time. It's Dixieland of the Proletariat, y'all. The talk station in Alabama. WVNN. Depend on it.
Good morning, Tennessee Valley. This is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host, David Story. And uh, one final announcement on that interview that we just wrapped up. Uh, We interviewed Zach Hyden, an anarchist in Montgomery, Alabama, who founded the Automotive Free Clinic, which is uh, exactly like it sounds. It's basically an auto repair shop um, that will... Uh, fix your car for free in Montgomery or for whatever you can afford. They're having a fundraiser right now to be able to support the work that they're doing. If you search for Zach Silverman Hyden, Z-A-C, no K, Silverman Hyden on Facebook. You can find his uh, Facebook fundraiser. They have a matching donor that will donate $500 if they can raise $700. That'll help them in per, in, in um, trying to get a brick-and-mortar store, which will allow them to do more and more complex repairs. I think he's doing really important work. And for folks that are listening to us online, very sorry for the... Um, for the missing audio, if you were listening to us over the radio, you could hear Zach fine, but folks listening online couldn't hear him. We left some equipment at home, uh, but we are recording the show on the station station's equipment, and we will upload the interview early this week. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Valley Labor Report on YouTube. You're following us on Facebook, and you are following us on Twitter so that you get the notification uh, once we upload that interview. It's a really good interview. I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate him um, coming to talk to us. It means a lot. He's doing some good work. Um, So, folks, I have a question for you. Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you tired of boring corporate out-of-touch shows and movies that are being cranked out by Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime? If you are... Now there's an alternative. Means TV is the world's first worker-owned post-capitalist streaming service. This is a worker-owned streaming service with a library of post-capitalist movies, documentaries, series, and weekly original shows covering news, culture, gaming, and more. They have films like The Writer with No Hands, which is a documentary thriller about a screenwriter who disappeared in Los Angeles in the 90s, or uh, Means Morning News, which is their weekly post-capitalist news show. Uh, Honestly, the news show alone is enough reason to check it out. I watch it every week. It comes out on Thursday mornings. There's also a Marxist video game show, an animated kids show about anarchist cats, content from some of your favorite YouTube creators like Richard Wolf and the Surfs, and from of your uh, from some of your other favorite internet creators like the Trillbillies, Abby Martin, and Street Fight Radio. The best part is that it's entirely funded by you. There are no advertisers, no venture capital firms, ever. For $10 a month, 
you get access to a huge library of socialist, communist, and anarchist content on Means TV with new movies and shows added every week. And if you can't afford that, just send them an email and they'll get you set up at whatever rate you can afford. It's an incredible lineup of content and now more than ever, it's vital to support media that reflects and empowers working people. So check out Means TV by going to means.tv on your web browser or download their app on iOS, Android, and Roku. Support entertainment for the 99%. Check out Means TV today, and when you do, use code Valley Labor. That is one word, Valley Labor, at checkout for 50% off. You'll be supporting Means TV, you'll be supporting the Valley Labor Report, and you'll be getting some really dope content. So remember... Go to means.tv on your web browser. Sign up with code Valley Labor for 50, for 50% off and um, start enjoying that content, folks. It's really good stuff. Really good stuff. It is excellent material on there. Yes. There's some great, great material. Union Time. If you hadn't seen Union Time, awesome, awesome. Yeah, show. Union Time is a documentary about the Union campaign at Smithfield, which is a meatpacking plant in North Carolina. Um, that's... I mean, if it's you unbelievable. if you only watch Union Time, that's a really good. That's but the, a, even but the, I mean, like you said, the news is worth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. entirely. I mean, worth it, the, there's just so much. There's a documentary about uh, Gaza. There's a documentary about a black business owner that was kicked out because of gentrification in his neighborhood. Um, I mean, there's just there's there's so much good stuff. It's really good. It's worth it, folks. It's worth it. Yep. So, um. Like I said when we opened the show, and this is like, I just almost don't know how to talk about this because it's so, like, it's so sad. Um, but uh, there's a story out of North Carolina that is, is just tragic. There's a five-year-old boy that was named Cannon Hennant, and he was shot by his neighbor last week. Uh, the killer's been arrested and is in jail facing first-degree murder uh, without bond. Um, and on it, I mean, the more that, the more that I read about it, the sadder it is, because apparently the day before the boy was murdered, uh, the murderer had dinner with the family. The father had invited them into their home because he seemed distressed. Um, and so, you know, in part, just because of the raw gut level instinct of injustice that folks have when anything bad happens to children, um, the story has gained uh, national and international attention. A GoFundMe has been set up for the family, presumably to cover you know funeral expenses and stuff like that. And it's raised like three hundred thousand uh, dollars, which is much more than the initial goal of five thousand dollars. And that's like that is great. Yep. I mean, yep. God be with them. You know, this is terrible I, situation. It's a terrible situation. I cannot. On, on, I, I mean. I've got like, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I've got nieces and nephews uh, or basically I don't have blood nieces or nephews, but, you know, they may as well be. Um, I love them and that are that are about that age. And like, I cannot imagine the pain that these folks are feeling. Um, it, it's just a terrible situation. Uh, but and so, you know, that's that's part of the reason that it's gained, you know, that, that this big attention, uh, that, that, that much attention, because, you know, anytime something happens to kids, you know, these innocent pure creatures uh uh it's just it really riles up like a gut sense of injustice like why is the world like this you know but unfortunately another reason that the story has gained steam 
is because the killer was black and the boy was white. And so the story is being shared around like conservative type pages with statements like, where are his hashtags, where is justice for canon, where are his marches, et cetera, et cetera, putting justice for this little, little boy in opposition to justice for victims of police violence like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, et cetera. I mean, it's just, I'm, uh, it's so, I mean, it's, it's so, it's just so it's vile. Um, I, I think the boy's mother has come out against the boy's death being used in this way. And and you'll notice, right, like this is never, I mean, this is never the case for victims of police brutality, right? When when you have when you have victims like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor, um, like Philando Castile, justice for these victims, change in the system to make it so that more victims are not created in the future. This is never placed in opposition to any other victim or any other initiative for justice. Like when people talk about justice for George Floyd or justice for Breonna Taylor, like that's like that's the standalone. Yeah, it's not in a vacuum. Right? There's no there's there's it's not in opposition to any other justice movement or, or anything like that. And I mean, in fact, Black Lives Matter groups have championed victims of police brutality that are not black. Daniel Shaver was a white man brutally murdered by police in Arizona. I mean, Daniel Shaver's murder is honestly more, <clears throat> I found it more disturbing than the murder of George Floyd, which I mean, I don't even know. Like, that feels gross to say because you're comparing these both of the But it's really, I mean, if you look up Daniel Shaver, the murder was disgusting. Just disgusting. And I do not believe that that cop is in prison. But can, but like with with this boy, conservative media outlets used his death as their unit using cannons to gin up an us versus them storm. Uh, but Black Lives Matter activists and others were sharing these stories in attempts to get justice for this man's family. And this is the difference between these narratives, right? And it's important. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a movement out for justice for victims of police brutality and for victims of systemic oppression specifically. These conservative fear mongers take the lives of these innocent folks to gin up division despite the fact that no one believes in anything other than justice for this boy and his family additionally it's important to point out that to the extent that justice can be given uh, which of course it never can be fully everything is being done to make it right the murderer is in jail without bond um he was immediately caught the family will not have to pay for any medical bills or anything, but Breonna Taylor's murders are out free. Uh, accomplices to George murders, George Floyd's murder, out on bail. The police union president's still fighting for their jobs, folks. That's why. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story and Jacob Morrison. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. 
Ours are the first generations to feel the effects of climate change and the last to be able to do anything about it. The window to meet this historic challenge is closing. We're already losing our lives and livelihoods. Millions have already been impacted by climate change. We can passively accept this fate or we can join together and take back our power. If we so choose, our best days are ahead. We have a legacy of coming together to face crises that threaten the very ideals of our nation, from the horrors of slavery to the depths of the Great Depression, from the spread of fascism during World War II to the rise of Jim Crow, we have overcome before and we have the power to do it again. Let's end the climate crisis by igniting a transformational new era where the government works for the common good. Go to arminarmforclimate.org, that's arm in arm, the number four, climate.org, to learn more. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash thevalleylaborreport to support our work and keep us on the air. If you're looking for contractors with lower than average EMR and TRIR, if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, if you need iron workers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer and you're looking to start work on a project or you're unhappy with your current contractor situation, you need to call my friend Jeb Miles with the Iron Workers Local 477. They only work with the best in the business, vetted contractors, and can do all kinds of jobs from roofing to steel and bridge erection, from welding to heavy rigging, from structural repairs to machinery alignment, and much more. They supply manpower on four of the five largest projects in North Alabama, so you know they're legit. If you need good quality, safe, efficient, diligent, and knowledgeable workers on your job, then you need the Iron Workers Local 477. Call Jeb Miles at 256 383 3334, that's 256-383-3334, or via email at local477 at net and make sure you tell them that you heard about them on the Valley Labor Report. This is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Charge the land, a population burned up, let dry, the multiply. So like I was saying, um, I mean, it's, it is, it is, it's really important to point out, you know, like the extent to which justice can be given to the family. I mean, like I said, of course it never can, you're never going to be able to make that right. But to the extent that it can be, everything is being done to make it right. The murder is in jail without bond. He was immediately caught. The family is not going to have to pay for any medical bills or the, or the funeral. And it looks like they're going to have a decent amount leftovers left over afterwards. And like, man, that is great. I mean, you know, more. Yeah. I mean, that is fantastic. Um, like I said, Brianna's Taylor, Brianna Taylor's murders, 
they're out free. The accomplices to George Floyd's murder, they're out on bail. Their police union president is still fighting for their jobs. That list, the list of killer cops that are out free or... uh, that I could list that for the rest of the show. They're roaming a license, and sometimes they still have a cop job. They still have a license to kill. And organiz- and there are entire organizations and systems that are designed specifically to protect them from any accountability. When, uh, oftentimes, when a, um, a police officer is, acu- is uh, found to, do, to, to be... In abuse of his power, he'll get fired from one precinct and go work in another. I, I mean, there, there is no accountability for these folks. Uh, I, mean, there, I mean, literally, there's a whole legal, legal doctrine of qualified immunity, which means that they don't have to follow the Constitution if they couldn't reasonably be expected to know what the Constitution's. It's absurd. That's why we have to be out in the streets for Breonna Taylor and it's not necessary to be out in the streets for um, Hennant because there was never any point in this episode that justice for this boy to the extent that it could be given. Like I said, there was never any point in this episode where that was in question. But for Breonna Taylor, for George Floyd, for Philando Castile, for Sandra Bland, for Eric Garner, they have not received justice yet. And probably won't. And probably won't. And probably if you go by past experiences, I mean. So donate to the family of the boy. Do it. It's it's a it's a good cause. I mean, God knows nothing is going to fill the hole in their heart. Yeah. But for God's sakes, don't use the death of this boy to put a wedge between you and your neighbor. Don't use his death to fight against justice for Elijah McClain or Eric Garner. They all deserve justice. Exactly. It's, 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 this is where we're at. This, I mean, this it, is it, where it's we're really at. like it's actually sickening. I mean, it is, it's, it is really it it makes me like physically ill when I see this stuff. It makes me uh, it is it's just disgusting. Um, you've got yeah, some more disgusting go stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's disgusting. You, know, it's, it's. I mean, it's I, not I, like I, this, you know. No, no. Uh, but you know, it, it just it it kind of drives home not only what we're discussing here and how the left and right play against each other and uh, use various uh, tactics to drive a wedge in between the general population but you know it's it's uh it 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 what i was looking at what uh, earlier in the week was uh, of of a good friend of yours who i've friended on facebook a few months ago he mentioned uh watching the swamp on hbo i, I don't know what i gotta say hbo on, Max. oh man nah, it's like the streaming service that you get with uh with one of the mobile phone co- anyways it's, it's anyways it's a good show he's uh he's a ultra libertarian uh and I was kind of hesitant to watch it at first because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not, you know. But I was like, hey, he he's been he's been a good friend over the past few months from meeting him on Facebook, and I was like, I'm going to check this show out, and it was very enlightening. 
It was, it was, it, I don't, you probably know, uh, Gates, the, the representative out of Florida, the one that oh, led yeah, yeah. the, yeah. the storming, the, uh, oh. the, the hearings of the impeachment hearings and right, things like, right. yeah, he's, he's real good. He's a great media guy. Uh, real good at getting his face out, but it followed him. And so even at the beginning of the movie, they're following him and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to like this at all. But... <laughs> It was it was moderate. It was a moderate. You know, it wasn't too far to the left. It wasn't too far to the right. But it really spoke to what these representatives are doing in uh, D.C. and mm-hmm. the Senate are doing in D.C. And then and that they actually have to buy. They purchase their committee appointees. So if you're mm-hmm. on the Ways and Means Appropriation Committee, you don't get appointed to that because you're good. You right. get up, you buy it, right? And that, and you, how you buy it is by donating to the party hmm. through campaign donations. Whoever donated you, you shift those over to the party. And I'm talking about big money, five hundred thousand dollars for uh, hmm. for an appointee. But it it also brought up the fact that uh, all of these lobbyists just covered up in D.C. Mm-hmm. everywhere, and the swamp. You know the whole train the swamp thing, and so I started thinking, you know this this is this is relevant right now. We're going into another election cycle, and the drain the swamp was humongous in right. bringing support from especially the rural South, uh, because we've seen it for so many years. We where where the, you know in the Northeast and and out west where people that have the money and have the means to buy lobbyists naturally get more representation than we do. Mm -hmm. So it sounded like a good thing. But the more that I started researching it, the more that I realized the swamp has, and and maybe it wasn't surprising to a lot of people, but it was surprising to me that 281 lobbyists have been appointed by Trump. You know, two hundred and eighty-one <laughs> lobbyists have been has some place in his uh, in his administration, and even farther than that, seven cabinet positions are lobbyists, which is more than eight years of Obama and eight years of George Bush. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And so I was. I, I didn't realize. Yes, that. that's what. That's, and 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 then the further, you know, we've talked about the Patco strike in the past several times in the mm-hmm. past. And would you believe who the last appointee to the NLRB was by no. Trump? No, it wasn't. Go on, say it. Yes, it was a. It was the not a. It was the lawyer in the Reagan administration oh, that represented the government. Against the PACO workers. Oh, jeez. Does it get, I mean, does it get any more swampy <laughs> than, than that? You know, it's just, and so, yeah. I, it, but it but it really speaks to what, and I'm not, I'm not here attacking Trump because I think Trump's done a lot of the same things. He's probably yeah. done them worse than some of the, uh, than mm-hmm. some of the other ones has, but he's done the same things that the left yeah, has Yeah, well, done. I mean, you know, like this is, uh, I mean, this uh, you know, we are a a union talk radio show, and so like the center of our stuff is talking about unions and what they can do. But but unions are like one of our big uh, the big things that we are called to do in the labor movement is political education, and so yeah, like yeah. folks like 
They need. I didn't even. I didn't even realize that he had more lobbyists in his administration than uh, Bush or Obama. And eight. This is in three years. Yeah, three years of Trump. Out does I mean, eight years of either administration. Right. I mean, like folks need to know that kind of stuff. That's important. You know. Yep. Yep. I. I. I, I and, and but it speaks to what we're doing. Right. I feel like we're educating people in the middle. What we're doing is saying we're going to call out. The left, we're going to call out the right, and and you make your decision based on what you hear. Mm-hmm. But we're not we're not pandering either way. Right. Yep. This is the Valley Labor Report. We will be back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report with David Story. And this is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. News starts now. Record temperatures possible today in almost a dozen states. Meteorologist Derek Van Dam says a lot of people are under excessive heat alerts. We have 80 million Americans that are under some sort of heat alert as we speak right now. And you can imagine the am- amount of demand that that requires to cool the home so people can stay uh, and get the relief from the heat that they have experienced. The number of people in the U.S. dying from the coronavirus has been exceeding more than 1,000 a day. Yesterday, more than 1,300 died. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo today signed a defense cooperation deal with Poland that paves the way for the redeployments to families and invest in green jobs to restart the economy. Now is the time to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The Valley Labor Report is also supported by listeners like you. If you value the work that we are doing, injecting a different perspective into talk radio, and you have the means, consider signing up for a monthly donation on patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash the Valley Labor Report to support our work and keep us on the air. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. Have an Amazon Echo? Just say, Alexa, play WVNN. And you'll always have the only radio station of relevance in Alabama. WVNN. WVNN. Lonely dead stuff. Good morning and welcome back to the Valley Labor Report. That was 
Cancer slug. Did y'all know that David's son is oh, no, 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 not my son, my cousin. Your cousin? Oh, really? Man, yeah, I've been cousin. telling folks that's your son. No, I I'm mad. I am not that old. He's only like, I guess he's six or eight years difference in my, which he's in better shape than I. I mean, that's part of that is part of touring twenty four seven. Yeah, three hundred sixty. Yeah. I mean, you know, he and plus he works out constantly. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, dude is dude is ripped. Like, yeah, he's. He, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to. Folks think, oh man, the Dixie Pro guys. Oh, Nelson was like, oh David, you don't want to meet David in a back alley. You don't want to meet Alex in a back alley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not even gonna go there. He's, he's a good guy though. He's, he's oh yeah, uh, no, no, yeah. Um, he he's one of the you know, and that's that's funny. Not to go off on a tangent, but it's funny that you Nelson said that about me, and you've known me. I'm a big teddy bear. Oh yeah, but and Alex is the same way. He he's right. got this persona of pure evil, right? But he'll give you the shirt off his back. Oh, yeah. He'll walk a mile without shoes, you know, to help somebody else. Yeah. So it it just goes to show you this persona that people exemplify. Yeah. Well, man, that's crazy. I've been telling everybody that that. He was your son. Yeah. Um, oh, thank God I'm not that old. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Well, David's cousin is an international superstar. Yeah. The lead singer of Cancer Slug. And Doyle. And, and Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, which is, you know. Didn't know that? Throw know. off of the Misfits. Very cool, very cool. Yeah. I mean, he's known, well known in the punk scene, but he, yeah. the punk scene's not really that big here in right, Oswald. Right, right, right. Uh, so, folks... The deal with the postal service mm. is getting bad. It's getting real bad, folks. Um, mm. I'm I'm currently in talks with the president of the Alabama Council of Amer of the American Postal Workers Union. His name is Shelton Thomas. Uh, we're going to bring him on the show and talk about it sometime. Uh, but he's a very busy man, uh, he, as you can imagine. As you right can imagine, now. right now, yeah, he works full time. I mean, as, like as we all as do. we all do as all labor. And activists do. Yeah. And then on top of working full time, he represents tens of thousands of postal workers. And of course, that takes up a lot of time. And like, and, and he's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He is one of the meet. nicest guys you will ever meet. That is absolutely right. But I, and he's, he's not paid for that second thing. He's not paid for the representing tens of thousands of postal workers. No. He's, he's the president of the Huntsville APWU. Local 359, and he's the president of the state APWU, and he doesn't get like a dime of that. And that's and somebody somebody tweeted this out at us, and we're like, and uh, this has been like a month ago, and I'm I'm just gonna riff on that for a second. But somebody tweeted this stupid article at us about how union bosses take people's union dues oh, and yeah. they make more than CEOs, Typical. and that is that is a bunch of BS. Like, yeah, there are some people in the labor movement that are overcompensated, maybe. Like, uh, who? I mean, who? There's the, the. I mean, here's the thing. There's and like, we've I mean, talked but, about this. I've talked about this ad nauseum with people. Right. My international president, international president, yeah. with 600,000 members. Is making roughly two hundred. I mean, I would have to go back and look mm -hmm. at the real numbers. Is making roughly two hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. What other right. CEO in the nation has six hundred thousand employees yeah. and is going to make 
two hundred thousand a year. It's now granted that is a lot of money for a working class person, but guess what? He was duly elected. Yes, he wasn't appointed by some some no. union boss. These folks are right. off the shop floor. Right. I have the opportunity to be the international mm-hmm. president mm-hmm. if I wanted to run in my election. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, that article that he that this person tweeted out at us. I, um, the I think the most highly and this says something, right? The most highly compensated uh, union president was like he made seven hundred thousand dollars. That's yeah, and that's probably and, not that's probably take because here's where they get that information. They get it from the Department of Labor, mm-hmm. which is where you have to report it, every penny that goes to uh-huh. so for example, I'm on the Department of Labor right. for the state council and for the local. What that don't take into account is the reimbursements. Yeah, those my are, hotel reimbursements right, right, that right, I pay right, out of my pocket and they send me back rental car reimbursements. All, so they say this is total cumulative compensation, but the fact of the matter is 75% of that or greater is reimbursements on hotel rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so silly. Like the labor movement is full of selfless people who don't make a dime in yeah. how much have you made this past year uh nothing exactly how much how work? much have you paid how much don't ask me how much i've paid i'm just a union member and um like uh, uh i'm the secretary treasurer for the labor council here i don't i don't have nearly as much you are the president of a local union in decatur and the secretary treasurer for the state council machinist representing 15,000 workers? Roughly 15, in, in 18,000. Yeah. How much have you made this past year? Uh, in compensation for hours worked. Um, I don't believe I've, I don't think I've gotten reimbursed for anything this year. Yeah. Last year, probably five to 6,000 yeah. in hotel reimbursements, rental car reimbursements, and per yeah. diem. But yeah, I mean, this is all voluntary. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the, the labor movement, folks, it is full of people like David, like Brother Shelton, who are um, selfless and have dedicated their lives to helping their brothers and sisters. So I just wanted to riff on that a little bit because that, and I, because I haven't talked about that, and it's been eating me alive since that guy tweeted that article out at me. So it goes back um, to the same thing yeah, that we that were guy. talking about with with Zach. You know, yeah. and the anarchism. Uh, it's you know, all propaganda. We have so many people that just that are constantly out there doing so much good work mm-hmm. for nothing, yeah. for absolutely free. But right. yet we're demonized in in the right wing yeah. media. It's just these terrible people. Yeah. So we're we're gonna get Brother Shelton on sometime. Um, but uh, in the meantime, there's been so much happening that I did just kind of want to – I wanted to back up and start at the beginning and give everybody uh, as clear a picture as I can about what's going on and what the implications are. And hopefully Brother Shelton will be able to come in and fill the gaps that I leave. So in the beginning, Louis DeJoy – and this this goes back to what you were saying earlier. Louis DeJoy was appointed by Trump in May of 2020, and there were concerns immediately – he was appointed because he is a Trump donor. That's it. He is the first postmaster general in two decades with no postal service experience. experience. First one in two decades. And now, I don't know if he was a lobbyist per se, but he's definitely a swamp creature. And on top of that, 
he this guy he holds tens of millions of dollars in stocks in competitors like UPS XP yeah XP logistics tens of millions of dollars in stocks in his competitors do you, you why don't you just sit and think about for a second whether or not um I don't know. The board of directors at Teledyne Engineering would appoint to CEO somebody who has tens of millions of dollars of stocks in ULA. Yeah, in one of their competitors. Or in one of their competitors. It's 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 cor- uh, it's corruption at its finest. Uh, it is. It's broad daylight. This is one of the things. I mean, I haven't even gotten into any of the new stuff. This is like from the beginning. We knew this. This and and I'm already like I'm a, I'm already mad. I. I, I we talked about this, and I, here was the thing: when you said you wanted to talk about the post office, I went back and looked at several. Can, do you know before we even come on the radio? You remember May first, May Day? Yeah, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking about folks don't let them defund the post office. Yeah. Then you know it, they it's. But this has been the right wing talking points from from yeah. not just in this administration for years yes. is to to get rid of well, and I mean, privatize. Even, oh, and even Obama office. was trying to do it. Obama yeah. was trying to do it. He was trying to cut uh, delivery down to five days a week. He was trying to appoint to the board of governors. Uh, I mean, Republican donors who wanted to privatize the postal service and bernie sanders killed the nominations of these folks and good good on him but i mean like like i said this is like we the thing that we say is not necessarily a republican or democrat thing it's like a politician elite thing um it's but all so, a come back to the money. Yeah. So so this has been apparent from the beginning. Louis DeJoy is a corrupt businessman who is out to make a profit for himself and his buddies, not to make the US Postal Service better for you or the workers. So that I mean, I haven't even gotten to anything yet. So but immediately changes began and it started with ending overtime and extra trips to make sure that mail is delivered. This was especially harmful during the pandemic because so many, like tens of thousands of postal workers across the country have had to call out sick because they had the coronavirus or because they were in touch with somebody that had the coronavirus and they had to quarantine. And so like in the middle of of the largest postal worker shortage, I, I mean, probably, probably in the postal probably service's ever. history. Yeah. In the middle of that, this guy comes in, and he says, "No more overtime. Let's cut overtime. Let's cut overtime. No more extra trips." It's insane. On August seventh, he reassigned or displaced twenty-three USPS officials. 23 top executives and two with day-to-day uh, w- with with um, responsibilities in the day-to-day operations. These are people with uh, decades of experience in the Postal Service, and he has thrown away all their experience. He's thrown away all of that, and he's put in new people. He has confirmed reports of mail delays due to these actions that he claims are unintended consequences of policies meant to improve the service. But I just like just I mean, just think about it for just a second and don't be a Trump boot licking stooge. I mean, just think about it for just just literally two seconds. How 
does it help improve the service to end overtime where you have the largest postal worker shortage probably in the postal service's history? Tell me how that's going to improve the service. Where is all the constitutionalists at? Where are the constitutionalists at, Jacob? I mean, it is the one. It is the yeah. one government service that it's is actually spelled and out in the, constitution. in the constitution and yet nobody's standing up and saying what about the constitution what about the constitution no they don't they don't care about it most recently and most blatantly we have seen mail sorting machines removed and decommissioned all over the country and mail drop boxes removed from the streets in Oregon you know those blue boxes that you drop mail in 15% of the inventory of sorting machines of the entire postal service has been decommissioned. How does it help improve the service to decommission the sorting machines? This represents a reduction in sorting capacity of 21.4 million pieces of mail per hour. But they can't do the mail-in voting. I mean, what did Trump say earlier this week? Hey, yeah. if we don't give yeah, them any getting, money, then we ain't got to worry about the right. bell-in We're getting to that. I mean, just seriously, just I mean, just take a step back. I mean, like I like I know, I know, I know, I know. We've got conservatives in the audience, and I know that man, y'all love Trump. You're on that Trump train, but folks, this Louis DeJoy guy, he is a snake. He's killing us. He's killing the postal service so that he can make himself richer i'm begging you to open your eyes we'll be right back folks you're listening to the valley labor report on 92.5 fm wvnn you're listening to the valley labor report with david story and jacob morrison the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation to act. Learn more at www.hometownaction.org. The American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE Local 1858, believes all workers are entitled to fairness, dignity, and respect. AFGE also knows that the best way to guarantee proper treatment is for workers to stand together, united, looking out for each other. In AFGE, we fight for workers every day to ensure a workplace that is safe and free from harassment. If you're a federal employee and want to be a part of this union to protect yourself and your fellow workers, call 256-876-4880. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time, but the attorneys at Maples, Tucker, and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maple, Tucker, and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtandj.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms. WVNN. Depend on it.
So the question then is, and David, David is stepping on my toes. No, I apologize. No, I, no, I know. don't care. No, no, no. You can no. tell this is no. we don't communicate during the week what we're going to do. This so, is not a so yeah, so so. David alluded to it earlier, and the question is like, okay, so why why are they trying to destroy the postal service? Why yeah. are they? And you know, one, like I said, Louis DeJoy owns tens of millions of dollars in stocks in the competitors, so like he's going to directly financially benefit from the destruction of the post office. But um, why is Trump letting him do this? Why is why are people? And it's obvious. This election is going to hinge on mail-in ballots, like no other election before. It was only an, a very educated guess before this week, but Trump did us the favor of just coming out and saying the quiet part out loud in an interview. And David uh, and I got that quote right here. He said, "Quote: Now they need that money in order to make the post office work, so that it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in ballot, mail-in voting." And, and, and remember those mail drop boxes that were being removed in Oregon. Oregon already votes all by mail and has for years. There's no in-person voting in Oregon. Yeah, they're not changing anything. And yet Oregon is the only place where they're removing these mail drop boxes? Yeah. That's awful convenient, isn't it? It's, it's really unbelievable that the, the amount that he says... It's out just loud, the, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's like crazy. Seriously? And like folks, like conservative commentators, like Eric Erickson, are saying that like the thing about Trump wanting to destroy the postal service to rig the election is like QAnon for left wingers. But like he just said it, like he said it out loud, like on Fox News. Like this is not a conspiracy. He just he just said the darn thing. It's not a conspiracy. He just said it. He just said it. And 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 here's another kind of recent development and this ties in again with what David had to say about swamp creatures. Um Elizabeth Warren has launched an investigation into DeJoy because apparently it wasn't enough that he had tens of millions of dollars in stock in UPS and other USPS and competitors. Apparently, right before he was appointed to the Postmaster General role, he bought a bunch of Amazon stock. Why do you think that Surely is? Surely not. Why do, why do you think that is? And now here's another question. Here's another question for all you union-hating, boot-licking folks out there. What have the unions been doing this whole time? Haven't, haven't, oh, well, uh, you know, the workers can't work overtime. Surely the unions love this. Surely the unions love, because unions are full of lazy workers. They just want to protect the lowest common denominator. They're just a bunch of lazy folks. So uh, they've just been loving this. And uh, that's a bunch of BS. Um, they have been fighting to do their jobs. They've been fighting for efficiency. They've been fighting so they could work for longer hours so that they can deliver the mail to you, so that they can deliver medications to the more than a quarter million veterans who depend on it, so that they can deliver for small businesses, for big businesses, and for you. These workers take pride in their work and don't want to see their craft destroyed by some oligarch. But you're not going to hear that on Why? Fox News. All you're going to hear about unions on Fox News is on Fox News is unions are lazy. Blah blah blah. Workers are lazy. Blah blah blah. Uh, it's the only reason society is good is because we have oligarchs. Blah blah blah. But if we were if if unions were full of lazy workers, why would rank and file members and leaders 
and union leaders be going to the mat so that they could work overtime to make sure you get your stuff in the mail on time? Surely it's not because they believe in it and providing a, a good government service. Surely not. Surely not. And so then here's another question. Maybe you think that the post office is financially unworkable anyways. Well, you would be stupid. Uh, and you only listen to, <laughs> <laughs> you only listen to right-wing propaganda. Because, oh. the, I mean, I, like, I, actually, I actually read a tweet that says the Postal Service is a waste of taxpayer dollars. <laughs> That's the problem with the right. I mean, like they just—that is the problem with the right. They do not do enough research to even understand what that zero taxpayer dollars goes to the postal. Zero taxpayer dollars has gone to the postal service in decades, and and then the next thing after you realize that it's not a waste of taxpayer dollars is like, oh well, the postal service is in billions of dollars in debt, and they're financially unstable and whatever. The only reason, folks, the only reason you got to listen to me here, you got to listen to me. Only reason that they have billions of dollars in debt is because of a bipartisan Democrats too, Democrats voted for this too, is because of a bipartisan bill passed in 2006 that made them fund employee pensions and health care 75 years in advance. Fully funding pensions and health care 75 years in advance. No other government agency, no other private corporation has to fund. I mean, what that amounts to is 75 years. Literally, they are having to estimate and and. Pay for the health care of people Three who, generations. who not only don't work at the Postal Service yet, who aren't even born yet. Yep. They're not even born yet. And they're having to pay for their health care and their retirement. And Republicans and Democrats both voted for this. And that's the only reason that the Postal Service is in debt, folks. And they're not really in debt. And I mean, yeah. truthfully, I mean, no truthfully, other corporation no. is going to consider that debt. No. They're in the black. Yeah. And, and and here's another thing. Maybe that you think the private sector would be better. Here again, you would be stupid. Well, it's just on cost alone. I mean, think it'll about only... Just cost alone. Here's what. It'll only make rich people richer. It'll pay people less and give you less services. Do you reckon that FedEx will deliver a letter to Alaska and Tennessee for the same price for 55 cents? No, of course not. You're out of your mind. Okay? The Postal Service already delivers last mile deliveries for these services because it's simply not profitable to deliver to rural outposts and get deliveries from rural outposts every day. The Postal Service already makes more deliveries in six 16 days than the UPS and FedEx combined in an entire year. The FedEx CEO, he makes $16 million a year. UPS CEO makes $14 million a year. Amazon CEO makes $1.7 billion a year. The Postmaster General makes $300,000 a year, and that is why they want to destroy the Postal Service so that their little crew can get richer, so that they can rid the election, so that they can rig the election, and so that you can eat. Cake. Let them eat cake. That's it. That's it. That's they don't care about you. They don't want to provide you with better services. They don't want to provide you with cheaper services. They don't want to make sure that people can have a good middle class living doing this essential service. They want to get richer. They want to make sure that they can stay in power by whatever means necessary. People be damned. That is the grift. That's the grift. This has been the Valley Labor Report. 
We will see you next week.